not a sorrow we share. But our toil he does richly repay. Not a grief, nor a loss. Not a frown, nor a cross. But is blessed if we trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Ask the Lord to help you, to grant you the grace to trust and obey his word. That is the secret of living. That is the secret of victory. Ask him to help you this morning. That you might have a link with him in his word. In fellowship. Where in your life, your family, and everything about you is revolutionized because of his presence. Ask him to help us as we bring the word this morning. That his presence will be felt in our midst. That none of us will live this arena the same. The families will be touched. Individual lives will be changed. To the glory and praise of his holy name. Father, we thank you for yet another day. We have come before your holy presence. To worship and adore you. As we stand before your holy presence, Lord. We submit totally and completely. Unto your leadership. Mighty and great Jehovah. We pray that Lord you will take perfect and absolute control of this time. That in all things, O Lord, your name will be glorified in the name of Jesus. We submit all our being, the totality of our being unto you. Have your way, mighty Jehovah. Be exalted, thou the ancient of days. Be exalted. Be exalted in the name of Jesus. I submit myself also unto you, O King of Glory, as an agent you are going to use this morning to reach out unto your people, that at the end, O Lord, your name, mighty Jehovah, will be exalted. We bind the devil and all his cohorts and all distracting spirits and we cast him out of this arena. We pray that the sanctifying grace of your presence, O Lord, will be felt. Help me to communicate with your people. The whole counsel of Jehovah in relationship, O Lord, to the Israel stake. Have your way, mighty King of Kings. Help our faculties. Help our frailties. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning we'll be looking at the effective uh, quiet time. And you know that our team is living by every word of God in this church this year. If you look at the way things are going globally. We are in trouble. So without the word of God, you are in trouble. But I can tell you with every bit of assurance, 100% assurance, 
that my tomorrow is assured because of the word of God. And I think that should be true of you. So I don't live by Buarinomics, they call it. I don't live by Buarinomics economy or what is happening in the U.S. or China. I live by what the word of God says concerning me. And I think that should be the experience of every one of us in this church. This team has been a blessing to me and my family. And of course to us in the teen church. Our, we have been going as if we are in a theological school for some time now. Because of this team. So as we look at the effective quiet time. Quiet time is not the same thing as you are coming to listen to someone like we, have done, uh, we are doing this morning. Where you, you are giving fish. But when you are, we are talking about quiet time, it's like preparing you to fish yourself. So that you'll be able to search the word of God on your person and then be able to utilize it for your own good. We will look at Psalm 27. I will just read a few of the verses. We would have read all the verses if we had all the time. The Lord is my light, my salvation. Psalm 27. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to leap up, to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and failed. Though an enemy, an army may camp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I'll be confident. Verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me on high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. By way of introduction, the importance of quiet time can never be overemphasized. Waiting on the Lord is the most sublime human experience exercise of mortals. We see Moses' face shine after spending time with God in Exodus chapter 34 verse 29 to 30. We also see Jesus called the apostles primarily just to be with him. That was the main calling. Mark chapter 3 verse 13 to 15. It was not to send them out. It was not to go and preach sermons. The primary and foremost calling of the 12 apostles was just to be with Jesus. And I believe we'll develop that habit of spending time with him, not for any other reason, but to joy, just enjoy his presence. Before sending them out to preach and demonstrate power. He also, we also see that being with Jesus turned an illiterate Timothy fisherman to a bold proclaimer and te- uh, testifier for the risen Savior. That's Acts chapter 4 verse 13. So having seen how important and rewarding it is to spend time with the Master in quietude, how do we overcome the obstacles and then make our quiet time effective? We will look at what quiet time is, and we will look at why quiet time and, we'll, and the war against quiet time, and then we will summarize by looking at how to make it effective and then we will pray. So what is quiet time? Quiet time is not the same as family altar. Somebody saw this and he was arguing. Family altar is not between you and God, it's between your family and God. And I want to believe that every family here represented in this church has a family altar. And know that family altar can become cold. In other words, every morning you have to rekindle it by pouring the oil of the presence of the Holy Spirit on your family altar. Let me tell you, when your family altar is on fire, the devil cannot come near your home. When your family altar is on fire, you don't need the hospital. 
When your family altar is on fire, you do not war against economic problems. The Lord will meet all your needs. You need your family altar to be on fire, but it's not the same thing as quiet time. Quiet time is not the same thing as personal Bible study. Somebody told me it's not true. Personal Bible study is different from quiet time. You should have a time, though I know it's not every Christian that has personal Bible study, where you use the Bible, you use the outline, atlases, you use the commentaries, and other reference Bibles to study the Bible. You might just stay with one chapter for a month. Because you are doing studies and you are going to make references. You don't do the same thing during your quiet time. During your quiet time, the primary reason is to interact with God. To have God speak to you and prepare you for the day. And of course, it's a daily affair. But Bible study can be one month, maybe in two months, and you have a personal Bible study where you go in depth into trying to understand the doctrines of the Bible. You can decide to have a personal study of things like tithing. You can decide to have a personal study on any topic you can think about. You can decide to study just the topic of praises. And it can take you months. That one is personal Bible study. Quiet time is not the same thing as personal retreats, fasting, and prayer. It's not the same thing. You can decide to take three days off. We have retreat centers here in Enugu. You can travel to Camp of Faith. And you spend the weekend with the Lord. and have a, That is once in a while. We don't run quiet time that way. Quiet time is a daily affair. I hope you are together. It's a time you spend in quietness, alone with God, in praises, prayer and meditation. We will look at those in details later. It is dwelling in the presence of the Lord. Verse 4 of um, uh, Psalm 24. Beholding the beauty of the King, and to inquire in his temple. Quiet time is a time I receive instruction from my King. Verse 1 of Psalm 27. It's also a time to spend in, uh, to stand in the gap. For my family, city, and nation, stroke nations. During your quiet time, you spend time to pray for every member of your family, to pray for yourself for fortification. You stand on the gap for your city. How many of us ever remember to pray for your village? Can I see your hand? Very few. That's why we have troubles in the countryside. All the demons that have been driven in the town, they go outside in the village. <laughs> because they're not praying for our villages. You should remember to pray for your village. Pray for the city you are living. When I was preparing this thing, I was convicted. You know, if you go around Enugu, there is a poster. There is a, an advert. You see it. Have you prayed for Enugu State today? It is there and I like it. Have you prayed for Enugu State today? Let me tell you, it doesn't matter the state you came from. Whether you are from Admawa, but you are residing in Enugu, you are drinking our water. And uh, apart from water, electricity is national, but at least the water you are drinking is Enugu water. What again? You eat our fear, fear. <laughs> so you owe us to pray for us because you are living in this city. And of course, in the peace of Enugu State, we will have peace. If there was crisis in Enugu State, we will be in church today. But if there was crisis in Abakaniki, we will still come to church. But if there is crisis in Enugu, we will come to church. So you have to pray for the peace of Enugu. Amen. So it's a time to stand on the gap. Not just for our country, Nigeria, but from nations. You know about the 1014 window. Every Christian should be praying about the countries, the 10, 14, we do that, uh, countries that are uh, within the uh, latitude of 10 degrees, 40 degrees, not of the equator, where you have a concentration of people who do not believe in Christ, religion, Islam, and the rest. You need to find time during your quiet time to pray for those nations. Of course, in Tatit for Nigeria, if you don't pray, we are in trouble. If you don't know it, 
The cattle Fulanis, they are not cattle rearers. I've lived better part of my life in the north. The average Fulani man is light-skinned. And it's always slim because they don't eat apple, they don't eat yam. They don't even eat rice. Major part of their food is this uh, fried nunu and then sugar cane. So they're always very fragile and light-skinned and slim. But the ones you see today, they, are, they look like Sister Rudy. <laughs> very flumpy. And some of them are even short, dark-skinned, looking so strong. And you tell me they are Fulanese. They are not Fulanese. They are foot soldiers of Islam. Are you listening to me? That's why they are killing people. Even the, the my migrants you are seeing that are pouring into Europe. Thank God they are learning their lessons in a hard way. They are foot soldiers of Islam. They are not hungry people. And when we look at some of those things, we need to intercede. During your quiet time, you need to spend time in the presence of God. To stand on the gap for even Christianity to survive in this nation. And of course, you know that one of the most radical Muslims all over the globe, where is among them. You can quote me very well. And that is his major agenda. It is not all about improving the economy of Nigeria. If we don't pray, we're going to have trouble in this country. You can quote me, you can tell SS people that I said so. If we don't pray, we will have problem. Have you prayed for Enugu today? How many of us have prayed for Enugu? Whether Enugu town or Enugu city, we pray today for Enugu town or Enugu state. Anybody? Not even one single person. Including myself. Okay, God bless you, my brother. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for doing that. Please, let's try to do that during our quiet time. Even if it's just a sentence, mention a noble state before the Lord Almighty. Amen. So, why quiet time? It is to handle fearful issues of life. Psalm 27, life is fragile. I saw that poster in Ezekiel Zorgo's parlor. Life is fragile, which will handle it with prayer, not fear. <laughs> Handle it with prayer. That's the only time I've seen that. So I've never seen it any other place. Life is fragile. Handle it with prayer. And it's more relevant now than when I saw it. Number two, quiet time is to prepare yourself against sin and unseen enemies. Psalm 27 verse 2. Ephesians 6 1. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. Tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. And that's why in verse 18 you are told to pray all manner of prayers. Then 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 3 to 4, says that though we, we are wearing this flesh, we do not war in the flesh. Your mother-in-law is not the one responsible for that's your problem. Though we are in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Even if the Satan is using your mother-in-law or your brother, it's not your brother that's your enemy, it's who? It's Satan. When you handle it in the spiritual realm, that's your mother-in-law, your brother, your sister, will call your friend. Hallelujah. Effective quiet time gives you confidence. Psalm 27 verse 3b, it helps you, number 4, it helps you hide in God's strict place. Psalm 27 verse 5, Psalm 95 verse 1 to 16, 94, 12 to 14. Dwelling in the presence of the Most High God cannot be described in human words. It's only when you experience it that you can tell what it's all about. But I can tell you that's the best place to be. And we have said that quiet is all about coming to request something from God. I remember there was a time after my service, I was looking for a job, no job, no food to even eat. Even Gary to drink was difficult to get. It was a very terrible time. And I remember one day I just lay, I held on the bed, I was crying. <laughs> so when I was talking with my cousin, I told him I could not even pray. He told me that time he said I held the bed, what were you doing? 
But the first time I knew that people stay like this and cry in his prayer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can just come hold your bed and be shaking your head. You are not uttering word. But I tell you, you are communicating with heaven. And that's even the time the burdens of your heart are poured unto Jehovah. They cannot be uh, expressed in words. But when you wake up, you know that you have really communicated with heaven. You feel like, you feel like your leg is no longer on, the, on this edge. But we are always in a hurry to talk and talk to God. That's why in Romans 4 was encouraging the Roman Christians that the Holy Spirit makes intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered by men's words. You know, you just stay there, you groan. 30 minutes, 1 hour, you're still on your knees. You, human intellect cannot say what you have prayed, but you have gone far. So we need to learn to dwell in the secret place of the Most High God just to enjoy His presence. Read that Psalm 95 verse 1 to 16 and Psalm 92 verse 12 to 14. They will enjoy it. You know, the Bible says that those who are in the presence of God are like palm trees. You know, and their fruit is all season. They will grow as fat as the palm tree. You know, it's a, it's a place to be. Then effective quiet time, verse number five, is a place of renewal of strength. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 24 to uh, 21, that though they come to the presence of God, they must do what? They must renew their strength. I have had calls several times that I would think I cannot stand when I come to preach. But the moment the word begins to come, you find physical strength. I'm not exaggerating. The, the ankles, my legs were swollen this morning. My two legs were swollen because of sitting down for long. But now I can tell you, if the youngest person here, yourself, we start now. I can get to the gate before you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it renews your strength. When you have a quick fight time, disease will run away from you. I think it was this uh, our uncle that preached here once. I told us, I can't remember how many years he said he had stayed without drugs. Professor Marere. You know? It renews your strength. And you see, you're looking youthful. Because of spending time in the presence of the Lord. Number six, during your quiet time, the Lord will reach you and will teach you to profit. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17. Deuteronomy 8, 18. He said, this is the one that trains you. It's the one that gives you the secret of profit. If you don't know it, you can bring the Lord into your business. The one young share that talked about the Holy Spirit as senior partner. I don't forget this experience when I was in Onitsha. I had this brother, Dr. Fanny, he's a medical doctor, a dentist, and he ordered for this machine. He was looking for that machine. The machine came in very cheap. But he said the Holy Spirit spoke very clearly unto him that he should not go for the machine. But he disobeyed. He was attracted by the cheapness of the machine and he bought it. And he said not too long. The machine had fault and the parts was not available. He went to a meteorological institute in Anicha there. They tried to mold something for him. It didn't work. He went to Lagos. He didn't see it. He now phoned the manufacturers abroad. They told him, sorry. We stopped the production of that machine 10 years ago. And so we produced the parts that would last for that 10 years. And that was the, how that machine he bought in millions was packed. Because he refused to listen to the senior partner. You can take God along in your employment, in your business, in your academics as a student. In James chapter 1 verse 5 says, Let them that lack wisdom ask of me who giveth unto men and upbraideth not. Bring him in whatever you are doing. And it's going to cause you to profit in it. Number seven, effective quiet time makes God act for you. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 4. It helps you to keep calm on top of the storm. 
If there's anything we need in the period we are in, it is the presence of God that will introduce quietness, that will cause you to be still on top of the storm. One of the things that surprised me in the Bible is, you know, where Jesus Christ was in a boat with his disciples, and there was a storm in the Sea of Galilee. And they were amazed. They were looking for him, and they now went to the deck. In fact, Mark took note of the fact that he was not just sleeping, but he was sleeping on top of what? A pillow. That means he was comfortably sleeping on top of the storm. You too can do that when you spend quality time in the presence of God. When others are complaining about the economy and complaining about terrible experiences they are passing through, you will be swimming on top of peace in the midst of crisis. Amen. The war against quiet time. Let me tell you, quiet time is, a, is warfare. It's a spiritual exercise. Satan will make every uh, available instrument to make sure that you do not have effective quiet time. Any, no matter how old you are here as a Christian, you will confirm that that is true by your own personal experience. It's warfare. Satan induced tiredness. That's number one. Anytime you want to just spend time in the presence of God, you just find your ankles are no longer carrying you. For some time now, if I kneel down for one hour, when I wake up, I find it difficult to stand. My legs will just be as if they are swollen. But you have to fight against it. You will not say because of it, you will no longer pray. Tiredness, stroke distractions and drowsiness induced by Satan. There are some of them that are normal because you have strained yourself. And the experience I had yesterday, ordinarily you should expect some physical fatigue. But where you have not done anything that you call for it, and you are tired, you are drowsy, it is certain induced, and you have to stand up and tell yourself that um, you are not going to allow it. It was Brian Mezugo, one of the time he was ministering to us in council. He said, Barrister Mezugo, said when he's having his quiet time, he kneels down in his room, facing the window like this. So his head will be touching the window. So when he feels sleepy, he will hit his head on the window. And so he will not be forced to, to wake up. So for some of us, you will even bring pillow and help yourself. So that when the sleep comes, you sleep very well. If you recognize it as a warfare, you develop devices to fight against it. Amen. So whenever you want to pray or read the Bible, you start feeling dizzy. Know that it is Satan induced. Number two is television. Home video, social media, etc. Especially the young ones. Your handset has become your closest companion. You know, when they were doing this uh, midnight call, I told people it's satanic. Because it was rhyming with the same time that you are supposed to pray and wage warfare. And that's the time you'll be calling your colleagues. One of my TSs was my roommate in Benin, Camp of Hope, Benin. And after that night, I warned him, any day they put you in my room, tell them you don't, that you change it. Because he'll be making phone calls for two hours. He, he said he's doing follow-up of the students he ministered to. Say, go outside and do it. You know? So, you spend the time you're supposed to spend with God, because that time is the time of quietness. That's the time demonic activities are in their height. And not that you're even resting. It's you spend time with your handsets and all that. And then you this issue of home video. That's the greatest falsehood in our nation today. For two kinds of falsehood. There are some, a few of them that have some ministration, there's no doubt, but majority are selling immorality and satanic things of Africa. And you see, Mama, Papa, 
stay around the television and they are washing out naked girls and uh, portrayal of satanic forces. You know, and uh, we just stay there and be washing them. Killing the time you're supposed to spend. And at the end of the day, the body will become tired and you cannot pray. You can take decision to remove home video. Let me tell you, every one of us, including myself, there was a time if I'm in a Bible study and it's time for super story, I'll be praying for the person to summarize early because it was in a series. You know, and I want to go and watch it to keep touch with the one that has gone. You know, at the, at the stage, one day I just took the decision and I said, God, no more. And today I don't even remember that there's anything like super spirit. So you can take a decision and tell God, this thing is affecting my spiritual life, my fellowship with you. And God will help you. Amen. Number three is closed heaven. That's a very pathetic state. For a Christian to operate under a closed heaven is very pathetic. And when you say that your heaven is closed, don't just continue as if all is normal. Don't be like Samson. After sleeping on top of the lila, because there was still anointing, power is being for his ministry, thought all was still well. The enemy got to remove his eyes and everything about him. But as if he had noticed that time that the heavens were closed, he would have prayed and had the heavens open. But he continued as if all was normal until he was made a laughing stock by the enemy. Don't go too far until your eyes are pulled out. When you see that the heaven above you has become a park, take a retreat. So that your work with the master will continue unobstructed. You can look up that in Second Chronicles chapter 6, verse 26 to 27 and see God's promise. Distracting issues of life, like marriage, where you have marriage problem, have quarrel with your wife. The Bible says you should not let your anger go down. The soul go down your anger. Even if you didn't apply that with your relationship with others, that of your wife and your husband relationship, you must apply that scripture Ephesians. You must not allow the sun to go down your rod so that you'll be able to pray. And of course, you know that in Second Peter, uh, is this Second or First Peter, chapter three, uh, verse um, eight, where it says that um, when you don't settle, your prayers will be done what? Be hindered. So you cannot have a effective fighter when you have quarrel with your wife. Quarrel that you spoke with and the ones that you didn't speak, like those of us who are believers. Eh? Eh, you do your own quarrel in the heart. Like last night there was something my wife did and I was annoyed. So while I was there, I said, God, even though I'm annoyed inside, I love, I love her outside. <laughs> She's just hearing it. <laughs> so that I'll be able to pray. Because if I didn't say that, then all my being there is just a waste of time. <laughs> so I said, God... <laughs> Yes, I am not to keep her awful, but inside of me, you know, I love her. Just last night. So, you find out that you have quarrel in the heart. Your wife is not even aware of it. And you are there killing yourself, blocking your flow with God. Amen. Sort it out so that your quiet time will be effective. Unemployment, which is very, very common with us. That you don't have a job does not spoil the whole of your world. You cannot, you may not have a job and you can still have best time with the Lord. One of my best times was when I finished school start and I was jobless and admission I was still awaiting. That period of idleness has been my best Christian experience in life. Because I had no other business other than to pray. So when I wake up in the morning, I will go and make food for my uncle, come back to the house where I was staying, and I spend the whole day reading the Bible and praying. And then when I go and when immediately I finish preparing supper for him, 
I return back there and the whole night, because I have nowhere to go in the morning, I can spend the whole night and praying and reading the word. That was the time I, my spiritual growth skyrocketed. For some others, you spend that time in watching video, you spend it in shattering and visiting and doing other things. The period of idleness can be one of the best times in your life. Don't think that because you're unemployed, your whole world is spoiled. Or maybe unpaid bills. And some of these things are mounting. These things are mounting. There was a time in, when I was traveling to Ketri for Enugu here, I discovered that most of our sisters were having headaches. And they go to hospital, there's nothing, it's not traceable to anything. In fact, I just concluded. I said, this is nothing outside pepper, crayfish, um, meat. I told my wife, I said, if you go to markets, and the meat you bought 2,000 now, you cannot, even 5,000 cannot afford it. Buy crayfish, come and cook. You eat it with your family. I mean, why should you be brooding over something you cannot change? And our sisters were having headache, headache, headache. Because the money, their income was no longer carrying them. So many of them. So when the unpaid bills are mounting, take it to the Lord and leave it there. Say, after he said you should cast your burden upon him and do what? Leave it there. Give it over to your burden bearer. Burden over it should not solve the problem. Let the landlord be knocking. Talk to God about it. He will settle your landlord to leave you alone. Until you get the money to settle him. Praise the Lord. My landlord, my landlord's wife told me one day, he said that, that my landlord told him that I am the only Christian he knows. Why? Before I finish eating the money I have, 1st January, that's my wife. Go and settle him, because that's the only one that disturbs. The other deals you can adjust. And he thought it is because it is where that's why I said he didn't know that. It's because I don't want his trouble. But I told the wife that I'm the only Christian he knows. You know? So, prioritize your bills. Eliminate the ones that will give you so much headache. The other ones that are adjustable. Allow them to adjust themselves. Leave them with the Lord. Hallelujah. So that you'll be able to pray through when you come before the presence of God. Number five is when you're too busy. No time for spiritual things. Let me tell you, you can plan your quiet time as part of your busy schedules. If you are a busy executive, plan your quiet time. Now, as a banker, I was not satisfied with the quiet time I have in the house. When you come to the office, everywhere is busy. Do you know where I was having my quiet time? In Ogui Road here. I was having my quiet time in the generator house. Is it possible? And you're under there. It is only one noise. The other noise of the world is warded off. You are still able to interact with God. At a stage, I even forget that generator is there. Back in school, I used to go to where they call uh, Abuja. If it is nice, it was very risky because these court boys, you know, will go there. I lie on the road, third road with stones like that. And enjoy God's presence. By the time you wake up from that story, it will not be paining your body because the heavens would move the pace. Hallelujah. You know, what is his name again that was praying for Scotland? And throughout his lifetime, nobody, nothing happened. Eh? And Knox. John Knox. And the Bible records, or rather church history records, that where he'll be praying, snow will be all over the place. The heat from his body will melt the snow around him. And what was he praying? God, give me Scotland or I die. And of course he died and Scotland was not given to him. It was after he died. The Queen of Scotland said, he fears the prayer of John Knox more than the whole soldiers and 
Amrace of Scotland combined. It can become your portion as you make your quiet time to be effective. If you are a busy executive, plan your schedule. Number six is flesh. That's the most dangerous. Flesh. Uh, sin, flesh, worldliness. You know, we have three persons. If you look at them, um, I think it's Romans chapter 3 or so, or 1 Corinthians 3. We have three groups of, three groups of people, and then you can group yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, if you look at chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians, verse 14 talks about the natural man. Verse 15 talks about the spiritual. And then chapter 3, verse 1 talks about the carnal. The natural man are unbelievers. It has nothing to do with quiet time we are talking about. You can, if you are here and you are not a child of God, the first thing you need to do is to give your life to Christ. So with quiet time we are talking about us, we are not talking about you. We are not even going to make any other call about being born again this morning. Because this, the issue does not concern. If you are not born again, what you do is to stay back after the service. We can, uh, I can stay back and then we can talk with you and you give your life to Christ. But what they are talking about is quiet time. So the natural man, this thing does not concern him. But the carnal man is a Christian, is born again, but the flesh still controls him. So he cannot have quiet time. Because when he comes to the presence of God, he's dry. He's not I can't understand it. Because they are spiritually descent. What we are talking this morning is something like Greek to him. When I was in my industrial attachment at a federal polytechnic, this lady asked me to give him a schedule, how he can run her life. And after giving her, you know, the lady quoted the scripture, I've never known it exists, even though I've read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation that time. It was that lady that made me know that you can be spiritual over much. After preparing the tea, what did I say? When you wake up in the morning, have your quiet time, and then you eat, I gave time for eating, you, walk, you bathe, you eat, and then you go to office. During the office time, if there's a small space, you're reading the word of God, don't join the unbelievers to be shattering. And then when you come back in the evening, thank God that you have come back, I put time frames in it. Oh, which I will be a Christian, no? She now told me that the Bible says, it's in Ecclesiastes. I can't remember now whether it's chapter 7. <laughs> that was the first time. The Bible says you should not be righteous of her much. I thought she was joking. I went there and saw it is there in the Bible. <laughs> you know? So that's a carnal Christian. That type of life is strange to her. So you can, you can make a plan to be, overcome this carnality. Every food, look at friend, Igoria, and they are talking about obesity. Let me tell you, all those things they are recommending for you, that's how to check obesity. The best way to check obesity is through prayer and fasting. So, sin, flesh, worldliness. Then it talks about the spiritual man. It's the spiritual man that we are addressing this morning. But I believe that everybody, the carnal Christian that he says, is going to decide to become a spiritual man. Because the altar call we are going to make this morning is going to be in three folds. And you can decide to be a part of it, one way or the other. You know, then number seven is faithlessness. James chapter 1, verse 6 to 8, says that, let that double-minded brother, you know, the double-minded brother is like the sheep that is tossed on the sea. Let that person not think he will receive anything from God. You can't have a faithful quiet time when you're faithless. You don't, because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6, says that they that come to God, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, that must believe that, uh, number one, that God is, exists. That is primary faith, we call it. And that does not make you any thing different. Even James said, you believe that there is God, you do well. But even Satan, does what? 
He believes and he trembles. You, you believe, you don't even tremble. Satan believes that he knows the power of God more than you and I. More than even an archdeacon. That's why he trembles at that name. But you and I will believe. We call the name of Jesus and just take it to leave it. But he says, not just that you believe, but that he is a rewarder for them that diligently seek him. So if you don't know that God is good, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, he will not seek him. So faithlessness is one of the war against quiet time. But when you have faith in God, you want to come before his presence. Hallelujah. Then noisy environment. Noisy environment. You know, when we go to have to make quiet time effective, we now look at the examples of Jesus Christ. You see him going to the mountain, you see him going to the garden. It's not compulsory you must hold your quiet time in your house. You can decide to move out, to look for a place that is quiet. If your house is quiet, most people, they have house, they have their prayer room. Like I have a friend, you know, my head, they have a prayer room. But since I've been going to their house, we have never prayed in that room. It's just there. Just once I went there, telling me if we go and pray in this prayer room. It's just rock that is there. We have the devotion in their parlor, but there's a prayer room, there's a room designated. In fact, that time I visit them, I'm going to insist that we start praying in that prayer room. It's a good thing. Now, the average Muslim, if he's building a filling station, the first thing he will build is what? Mosque. So why can't we divide the same thing as you're building your house, provide a praying this thing? Eh? The most exclusive room, or you can build a separate house where we'll be having devotion. In their personal compound, they must build a what? Is it restricted to only bishops in Anglican theology? Because I'm aware that every bishop has what? A chapel in his compound. Why can't we do the same thing in our houses? Have a chapel, a meeting place with Jehovah. Where you remove every traces of noise. In that your prayer is you cannot put you may not put window, put AC, noiseless AC. So that as you need that just the voice of God, you can be heard in the world is just off. Noisy environment is a very serious enemy uh, war against um, white time. Then, then the last one I put here is indiscipline. Indiscipline. We are talking about planning. I know of a brother, highly placed, there was even a time he was area chairman. When we were taking GCE, after planning his timetable, that he would take a very long time, plan very well. You know what you write under the timetable? Subject to amendment. <laughs> <laughs> So as we are reading, because we used to read the one primary school, when the one sister comes for counseling, he will go after all the title is subject to amendment. <laughs> so every distraction he will go because it's subject to amendment. If you have made up your mind that your plan is subject to amendment, of course every distraction will be amending it for you. And we are told in planning that if you have refused to, everybody plans. If you have refused to plan, you are planned to do what? To fail. How to make quiet time effective, that's where we begin to summarize. The main way to make quiet time effective is through effective planning. See it? This morning, as we are talking, you should be rolling it in your mind, how you are going to adjust. You know one thing about this quiet time, no matter the length, the height you have reached, there is no height, yes, you have attained. One height, you have attained, now it's enough, so you don't go beyond that. So everybody here must take a decision, how to adjust your plans. To suit the realities of the day. Because if we need effective quiet time ever in our history, it is now. Amen. So, the first thing is through effective quiet time. Things you need. There are things you need. There are steps you need to follow. I will enumerate them. But the things you need 
and they are listed in your daily guide, except that the last prayer is omitted in the daily guide, but it is listed. Those of us who have been using the daily guide to do our quiet time, you need a quiet place. We know that Lord Jesus Christ went to a solitary place, like we read this morning in Mark chapter 1, verse 35b. The Bible says he went to a solitary place. That's how my translation put it. He also went to the mountain, places like mountain, garden, or the seaside. You know, like that you'll see in Mark chapter 3, verse 13a, when he called the disciples even to follow after his example. John chapter 18, verse 1, and Mark chapter 2, verse 13a. You can look up those passages. Then a regular place. The master's example, a regular time rather. The master's example, the Bible says in that same Mark where we read, Mark chapter 1 verse 35 where we read this morning, rising up a great while before day, before human beings started coming to play, he will rise up and seek a quiet place to, uh, to pray. I said here, however, see Psalm 55 verse 17. Psalm 65 verse 17 says what? The psalmist said, morning, afternoon, and uh, evening. I'll praise you. I'll call upon you. In fact, I'm 119 verse 16 it says seven times. <laughs> seven times in a day. So, or late or mid-evening. So, whatever, whichever one, you should know what appeals to you. But the best is to follow this example. Early in the morning, it's quiet and your strength is still fresh. Evening is good. But one thing with evening is that you're tired. Like me, I've tried to adjust this executive. I've discovered that when I take off in the morning, it's just like that, we evening. And I said, no, I can't continue this way. So my one hour, well, I'm going to talk about one hour with the Lord. Minimum of that one hour. So, where should like sleep in the presence of God? That is even the best place to sleep. It's not a sin, no. Like after this in the day, and you sleep. The thing is that when you finish sleeping for one hour, still pray your one hour. Hello? Are you getting me? Don't you see that you first sleepy? Provided you are one, you are, it's not the satanic induced sleeper. There are two different things. This one that was brought about when Dr. Nikki has gone to clinic. And the other day he had to go for exams. And after all that, Araouigwe. Is it not true? <laughs> when you come, you should be tired. Hey, and you are kneeling down to pray. God knows that you have decided to be with him. Don't go and sleep and say because you are tired, you won't pray. Sleep there. If you like, sleep for two hours. When you wake up, continue your prayer. Hello? That one is not satan induced. And of course, you will discover that by that time you have slept in the presence of the Lord, you have received strength, you can now continue your prayer. Hallelujah. How many years did you say you prayed under that tree, self? Three years. Under a, a cashew tree. You tell about that wind that even blew. <laughs> there was a day wind came to blow, carry you where you were praying. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It was in 1 December, I was there in the wilderness. There was no building there. So I decided to stay under the cashew tree. I was there, wind came. Very powerful hammer time. And it was throwing sand even in my eyes. I run into one shrub there. At a stage, I begin to tell God, if it is a rapture now, let sun not fill my eye first. Take me up. But if it is not a rapture, please let this wind stop. And the wind stopped. Praise the Lord. So if you can pray under the cashew tree, you need to go to that place and see the open land. 
and breeze was blowing. And he didn't run away, he was praying. So you too can pray. Hallelujah. So take note of that. That the time does not really matter. If that early morning is not convenient for you, it can be in the evening. It can be in your office during your break time. The one hour break time, instead of the when I was working with Costine, it was during my break time I was spending. Because the one I was, even though I stayed two, three hours at home, it was not, one of the things with this issue of being in the friends of God, that the more you stay, the more you enjoy it. The more you want to utilize every available time. When I was working in Costine, immediately it is break time, I look for a place. And of course, in Costine, the break was 30 minutes. You know, and you, you, you walked in late in the evening. So find time. The one that is convenient for you, that's the most important thing. It can be in the morning, can be in the evening. And if it is in the evening, I put here late or mid-evening. Why I put late evening is that late evening is almost akin to early morning because it's quiet. Everybody has gone to be all the noise of radio and the rest. Television and the generator must have stopped. Then, Bible is simple translation you can understand. Bible is simple translation. King James is not good, except you did literature like some of us who did Shakespeare. You know, they both abridged and uh, simplified edition. And then you spoke all the Shakespearean English and you can understand the King James. If not, most of the wordings in the old King James are no longer in use today and they don't make meaning. I would have listed some of them, but we don't have the time. So, have a translation you can understand. New Living Translation, NIV, or any of them. Then notebook. You have a notebook where you write what God has ministered to you. Remember we said it's different from personal Bible study. You are not booked during the personal Bible study. You write the history of the passage, who wrote it, and then you write, you go wide. And your notebook can get filled up within a very short time. But in the case of Python, you're only noting what God has spoken to you. Like this morning, you know what really shot at me was Jesus Christ saying that God has given him Absolute authority. I don't know the translation you use. New Living Translation I use in using it. says absolute authority. I know what absolute authority means. I felt so good. And this one I'm associated with. It has absolute authority. On the day of judgment, the one that is going to stand. You can imagine when your barrister is the judge that is going to handle your case. You don't feel good. Those of you who used daily guide this morning, your face should be shining. That the King of kings and the Lord of lords you are relating with, who because of him you come to church, because of him you spend this quiet time, is the one that is going to stand as judge. The father has given absolute authority to him. Another thing that excited me, he said that even the, those who are in the grave will do what? I almost jumped out of my seat. They will hear his voice and they will rise. Hey! Glory. And in the day will rise, no matter I will now live. Oh, he says, wonderful. It's wonderful. I was, I was enriched this morning. And you can imagine if you are receiving that type of impetus every morning in your quiet time, you are, you are receiving this kind of thing from the Lord. People will not understand you. Even your fellow Christians will not understand you. This thing is getting into your head. Because if you are printing at a different periphery, hallelujah, you need a pen, pencil, or marker. I have a packet of marker that I use. Everywhere I have a promise is blue. You can choose promises red when the thing is dangerous or warning or judgment. I use red. <laughs> so, <laughs> I can mark your Bible. You know, and then you need a reading guide. You need a reading guide. With which you use, somebody said, I think it's Ebuka. When he preached to us uh, on Sunday, he said he uses open heaven. Then you have people who use, um, what do you call it? Um, the, 
the mis- not Bible, the reading guides. Daily manna. That, that's a family can is what? Daily fountain. Daily fountain. Have the daily bread. So choose the um, reading guide that really ministers to you. You know, I went to carry a double reading promotion in um, one diocese, and the bishop said, you know, that uh, they have their own, the Anglican have their own. I said, yes. But you, when you eat in the morning, you also eat in the evening. So you can still use the daily guide. When they use daily, um, that one, this one, your fountain was not there, it was Ndokubocha, then one other one by Oka diocese that time. Uh-huh. So some diocese were not even using it. So I say use Inyaka in the morning or daily guide and then use that of the Anglican in the evening or use that of the Anglican in the morning, use daily guide or daily um, Inyaka in the evening. Start to follow because of our time for prayer. Remember the acts of prayer. What is the acts of prayer? Acts. It's, it's, yes. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. And supplication, that's the act of prayer you should always remember. You know, for meditation, remember PRMPS. That is, you pray, you read, you meditate, you pray. And note, one of the best ways to retain what God has spoken to you is to share. I've experienced it. When you get to your office, don't go and be talking about Buhari and Nigeria economy. Share what God spoke to you that morning. And as you are sharing with two, three persons, you are retaining it more yourself. So when you have prayed, and you have read, you have meditated upon the word of God, and then you have prayed again, when you go out, share. However, for those of us who are ready to advance into washing with the master for a minimum of one hour, I have this table, please. I have this table by Dick Eastman to share with us. And of course, Dick Eastman is the author of the hour that changes the world. It's one of the books that have revolutionized my life. And I encourage you to buy it. It's, it's in bookshops here in Enugu. Sorry, the thing is not very, very bright. But I'll just tell you from this axis. What is written by that left hand side. Is just to tell you that you start with praises. Prayer should begin and conclude at the level of praises. That's a second. What you did was to look at this issue of um, the master's request. You know, the agonizing plea of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 26, verse 40. He told the disciples, what? Could you not watch with me for just one hour? So what this man did was to take this one hour, one hour is how many minutes? 60 minutes, and divided it by 12, and that will give you how many? So each division there is made up of five minutes. And you start with praises. From praises, you go to waiting. Waiting on the Lord, like we have said earlier on. And then scripture reading or scripture praying. And then washing. And then intercession. Then petition. Thanksgiving. Then singing. Where you spend time in the presence of God singing. And I, I will add and dancing. Eh? You know you can dance in the presence of the Lord. I've read in a book that dancing is an exercise. Hello? Apart from your praising God, you're also carrying out a physical exercise. How many of us have experienced it? As you wake up in the morning, 
You don't have enough time. After prayer, you go and have your exercise. So you spend two of them together. And as you are dancing and shaking your body, your waist is being strengthened. And all those places that were really um, paining you as you are praising, you are praising God who are not dancing. Um, I'm not just doing exercise. And you find that at the end of the day, you have gained spiritually and uh, physically. God wants us to dance in his presence. God is not as old as our daddy dear. I was praying and I saw God looking at me. I was annoyed though that I was quarreling with him. And I saw him, he was smiling, I was annoyed. So how can I be dying and I'm in this state of stupor and I'm calling upon my father. Instead of him to identify with me in my hardship, he's smiling. That's what increased my anger. God is a very funny person. He wants life to, life to be easy for us. It, you, you don't have grandchildren yet. A lot of you that give birth to boys, boys. If you give birth to girls first, you begin early to have grandchildren. Like you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So when you have grandchildren, they will prolong your life. Because when they come and start playing, you see a child just come. You see, I cannot even touch my reference nose, wife's nose. But what I can do is, I can do myself. By the time they do it, they run around you, they prolong your life. And that's how God wants us to relate with him. Cut that your oil body and sit on his leg. And when you come to that way, you begin to relate with God. Not as a grey-haired father, but as a father, grandfather, though he is, but he's enjoying the play with those little children. That's the picture you should have of God. And you know, that's why the white men are progressing better in their spiritual life, because that's the way they relate with God. But I know we import that hardness of our father into our relationship with God. I went to a bar, I was having a marriage seminar, and that was the day I decided that anywhere I carry out marriage seminar, husband and wife must embrace themselves. So this papa and mama, every couple years should hold the wife. This man refused. <laughs> I had to go and force him to hold the wife. He said, don't you try to talk, Scripture in our fellowship, I'm not talking of a meeting of unbelievers. He refused. So we import that our relationship with our fathers. My relationship with my father is to always look for whatever wrong you did to flash. It I can't remember him telling me you tried. Even when you take first, he will tell you let's let, let your score be higher. <laughs> Can never congratulate you for taking first. Oh, score you took first and your baroudism is 90s. Forty people in your class were not intelligent. <laughs> Next year, make sure it's 95%. So import it in, you, in the way you look at God. But if you are going to enjoy your quiet time, you are going to have a change of mind of who God is. He says, sweet father, he wants you to cry around him, he wants you to dance around him. He wants you to exhibit yourself the way you are. So feel free, just be yourself in his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. So he wants you to sing and dance in his presence. That's the point I'm making. Hallelujah. By way of conclusion, the technicalities is not really important. What is important is to have the will to start and the discipline to sustain it. Hallelujah. One of the things I encourage people, convert your family devotion into a theological school. Don't fix time for your family devotion. By time, it will begin to expand as you spend time in the presence of God. So when you know that two hours time is zirunu, that means you have to be waking up earlier because you must go to work. Especially when your children are grown like mine. What, what do I mean by theological school? You don't limit yourself to the things you discuss. Even beyond the Bible passage that is given. 
and it will tell your children to feel free to ask you any question. No matter how stupid. One day after doing a family devotion, one of my children said, does God really exist? My wife is here. She nearly went mad. It's like you were brought up under the platform of scripture you know, from your childhood. Your dad is a traveling secretary and at your age you are coming to come and say, does God exist? You don't get annoyed. Allow him because that may be a deep thought. It's better that he's not asking that question out there. When we finished, every other person in the family went to get ready, and I had to sit with him in the parlor, and I was asking questions, questions, he was answering. By the time he answered the last question, he was satisfied. And of course, today he can't ask that kind of question again. Better feel free during your family devotion, but your quiet time is what we are talking about, where you spend time alone with God. Praise the Lord. What we are about to do, we are making commitments. It is not by might, it is not by power. But it's by the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord knows your heart. He's going to enable you to spend time in His presence. In the name of Jesus. By God's grace, you're going to be initiated into another level of fellowship with the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you because, Lord, you have stirred our spirit. Thank you because you do not send your word to us in vain. Almighty Father, we give you praise because even before we answer this call, you have known our heart. Lord, by your own hand, you have caused us to be drawn to you. I lift up, O oh Lord, your children this morning who are standing before you, making commitments, Lord, to tarry before your presence for one hour. Some of them, O oh God, are standing before you, making commitments to stand and to, to, to be in your presence for 30 minutes. Lord, some are making commitment for 15 minutes. Lord, I know that as they come in, they are not of those who, oh God, have put their hands on the plow and look at back. Pour out your grace abundantly upon them. In the name of Jesus Christ, pour forth your oil upon them. Cause that Father, as they begin, they are Effort will be greased by your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, those who have come out for one hour, they will see themselves going for two hours. They will see themselves growing into three hours. They will see themselves growing to higher heights in their fellowship with you in the name of Jesus. Those who are out for 30 minutes and 15 minutes, they will see themselves growing, oh God. And Lord, by the time they begin to enjoy spending time in your presence, and Lord, your glory will be rubbed off upon their lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. But I will pray that the grace will be made abundant. To you be all the praise and glory. Because you do not hurt your anointing. Be thou exalted for answering our prayers. Thank you for helping us. In Jesus name we have prayed. Amen.